welcome to season one, episode 13 of the Film Bros Championship Podcast. I am Tim, with me is my co-host Patrick. How you doing, buddy? Good eye, Tim. Oh, we're doing it again. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not in Australia anymore. I just wanted to mess with you because I know you drive you nuts. <laughs> There's always fine-ish accent work going on in this podcast. <laughs> There's no fun accents in this movie. No, there's not. Um, I don't have the guttural voice to do a Rip Torn impression, too. So it's just not going to work. Yeah, I didn't smoke enough. Uh, to be honest, uh, kind of you know, getting into it too much here. But he's also not in it and doesn't actually talk that much. Mm, it was a little bit of a letdown. I was a little sad by that. Yeah, can always a movie, TV show, whatever can always be improved by more Rip Torn, not less. Oh, for sure. And and I think the more Rip Torn's able to eat the scene and chew up the scenery the better and it should have been the movie that had that all written all over it and just it just sadly just didn't quite deliver i think rip torn's giant prosthetic nose was probably just too expensive to have on set and they they only had so much time with it yes as a result yes (laughs) so it's funny you bring that up right so so and you talked about this a little uh before we started recording that um I decided to watch it with the person that originally introduced us to the movie. Many times. Yes, many, many times. And the sequel. Um, <laughs> I only so, remember seeing the sequel once. Not, not I think so, too. Isn't it? Doesn't it take place in, like, modern times? Yes, I have it all written down what the sequels are. Yeah, it's, that's nutty. But um, I had kind of a busy weekend, uh, and I was out of town and such, so I really only had opportunity to fit it in on Sunday. And we had, you know, of course there's a Super Bowl and everything. So I was like, all right, this is my window to fit it in. And then I was already at the, the at my parents' house, at our parents' house. And so I was like, all right, well, I got to go watch this movie and take notes. Um, Mom, do you know the movie? And yes, it's my mother, yep. <laughs> our mother. And uh, and she's like, ooh, can I, can I watch it with you? And I was like, yes, 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 you can. So I thought it would be fun to watch the movie <laughs> with the person that introduced me to it. Yeah, growing up with mom, if there was a shirtless uh, beefcake guy doing action, we were going to watch it. It was going to be on the television. For sure. And she will let you know if she, she likes what she's looking at. I will, I will yes. always remember <laughs> um, watching um, Dogma with mom and her commenting on Chris Rock's ass. And, that, uh, and she liked it. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Chris Rock, not exactly a muscular dude. So No, but she well, liked his butt. Yeah. Showing the variety. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, there you go. But, um, <laughs> so I was I was interested to, to watch it with her, and um, I don't regret it. There's parts that I really enjoyed. Um, <laughs> she is, I think she got the point of everything, because she was right away spouting out commentary, like, before I can even get a word out sometimes, mom's already on stuff. And she immediately makes the rip torn nose comments. And I was like, I didn't even get to finish typing. Like, <laughs> so I was very impressed. Her mom. Yes, exactly. She was, she was all into it. And, uh, and I swear, like after a while, sometimes I was just listening to see what she would say. And I took some notes based on what mom said. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> So should we get into it? Yeah, let's do it. Um, Beastmaster. This is your introduction, right? Yeah. So carry it away. Take it away. Beastmaster. Okay. Uh, we got the 
evil high priest uh, Mayax, uh, who gets a prophecy that uh, the unborn son of the king is going to kill him. Mayax, not thrilled with that, uh, decides to kill that kid by getting his witches to transfer the baby from the mother's belly into a cow to sneak him out of the city for some reason, even though they teleport away. And um, this, uh, the witches stop from sacrificing the baby at the last minute, but for some reason this switcheroo gives the kid the ability to speak to animals, and he becomes the Beastmaster. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, eventually he succeeds in the prophecy kills the bad guy yeah when <laughs> when did they when was he anointed this title because it seemed to happen like weirdly later on in the movie where somebody John randomly Amos calls as him seth and calls him beastmaster very late uh, yeah it's like right around where uh he gets reunited with his dad and he doesn't know it's his dad yet. right and he, he's like begging him to help and ignore the old kid. that's the note like, i took yeah, yeah, and I'm like, wait a minute. It takes did, a while. Did we even hear this before? It just comes out of the blue, and then all of a sudden, he's just called Beastmaster a lot yeah, of times it was after the that. Beastmaster. Yeah. yeah. It's like, what? we're all Leo DiCaprio in Once Upon a Time, point like, oh. <laughs> it's super weird. Um, yeah, the, I, I guess the only thing that plot wise that makes sense to what they go through all that shenanigans is uh i get there's there's a child sacrifice thing going on that he's obsessed with his gods with so i i'm assuming that's why they had to do this whole process uh but yeah it's super weird <laughs> yeah it, well you know it's a <laughs> it's a don uh, C- coscarelli movie and uh the guy who made phantasm this is his follow-up to phantasm so we got some weirdness in it oh for sure it it's is good. It is interesting. Um, I mean, I it's so you get um, you know you get the weird switcheroo uh, thing, right? Um, yeah. Which I guess like it's. I mean, I don't want to get too into it until uh, villain, so uh, we'll skip all that uh, leading up to it, really. But so babies switched, which I thought was actually kind of a interesting looking effect. Like it looked kind of. Kind of cool with the pregnant yeah, the belly woman sinking. becoming not pregnant and the cow becoming pregnant. Yeah, yeah, it was actually an okay effect and all that. Um, and then um, the eventual stepdaddy there, you know, finds and discovers and, and takes it in, and and that's when he's trained and he's taken into this village, this village on stilt houses, nowhere near <laughs> the water. Yes, thank you. <laughs> I wrote this down when like. I wrote this down in villains, but um, I, I was very, you know what? Because uh, later on in the movie, this like group of raiders called the Juns comes in and yeah. takes down this village. And I, I wrote down, you know what? Good. They deserve it. Why is this village on stilts? It's not near water. Nope. It doesn't make any sense. No. Yeah. It looks like it's in a, in a clearing in a, like a meadow or something. Like it's, it's like, but what's, what's the logic here? I don't, I don't get it. Yeah. No. Other than it to be like, I guess it's different looking. Um, yeah, it makes no sense. Um, and I guess they're farmers. Yep. And I guess it's strategy to, uh, you know, be in the air and, and then go to the ground to, to farm. I, I don't know. It makes no sense. Um, 
So anyway, good down to earth people, I guess. Uh, and and he uh, he gets trained by by the stepdad, although we have no idea why he's got some kind of combat training stepdad uh, to to train him and all. I don't know. It's the but world. Got to know how to defend yourself, baby. I guess so. He was able to dispatch a witch. I guess we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Um, so anyway, he he seems to be a happy go lucky kind of kid slash guy and. Um, well, he names him too. Yeah, Dar. Dar. <laughs> there were times I was calling him Dur. Dur. Wasn't there a cartoon, um, kind of uh, cavemanish? Not caveman. I feel like there was a cart like a Hannibal Barbera. Yeah, is that it? it? What was it? Thundar. Thundar. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, that's what I kept thinking every time they said his name. Um. But yeah, and he's got a dog. Toto. Cute dog. They like named the, dog. the damn dog Toto. Yeah, I didn't catch that. Yeah, wow. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Whew. And then, um, I guess before we really kind of see the dog, right, he, uh, I don't know if this is necessarily action. There's not much action happens, but... We're not um, talking about action yet. We're just talking about the I character. Didn't think, but though, I'm just saying the guy get, rescues, and that's... Uh, he rescues... No, yeah, he rescues he his rescu- stepdad because the bear. Yeah, well, a bear comes out of nowhere, yeah. kills a guy, and somehow Dar just knows that he is the land-based Aquaman and can talk yeah. to these animals. Stares it and down. Telepathically, yeah. and just, like, tells the bear, back off. Yeah. And they're going to keep it a secret. Yeah, he's like, he gives him the Jonathan Kent speech, like, you're meant for something greater, I don't know why you have these powers. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to keep this on the down low. Yeah. Um, yeah, so anyway... Um, I so he seems like a good natured person. He's always smiling. He's always happy go lucky. He is. Yeah. He is. Uh, he's a sweet boy. Yeah. He's a farmer. Yeah. Uh, you know, with that kind of upbringing, he's very well in shape. Um, is that the term? Well in shape. He's got this very athletic muscle build. I guess he's not like a well, muscle. We don't really guy. see that at first because we got him in lots of. Uh... Loose fitting clothing, yeah. Yeah, because we have to pretend that there's a training scene later on. Yeah, which I guess is just him swinging around a log. And running up hills, a la Rocky IV. Yeah. Rocky IV stole this bit. And I don't know, like, <laughs> all of the things he gets, like his, like, aesthetic, his uniform, his costume, whatever you want to call it. Like, it isn't really, like, only one weapon, which is barely used, comes from anything or has some kind of background. Nothing else does, you know, where he's he's like, all right, I'm going to bear down into my loincloth, and then I got this, um, I don't even know what you would call it, like, um, what is on top of the loincloth that's just kind of stripes down thing, I don't know, and then he's got a headdress thing that comes from, like, nothing, like, I guess the stepdad's sword and the, the stepdad's boomerang thing is like, it, yeah, sure. Other than that, there's like I don't really understand. Like a year later, we got the glaive and Kroll, which yeah. is the exact same thing. <laughs> Although, like it didn't really seem to be a boomerang till later. At first, it just seems like almost like a throwing weapon, and that's it. There was not much return factor going on until later, or until a little bit later. No, it always comes back to him. I don't remember. No, the first like two times it's used, it doesn't. There's no return feature. Well, the thing to it. only gets used like three times in the whole movie. Yeah, it's, it's really rarely used. He gives it a freaking away at the end. Yeah, except <laughs> you forget about it. Yeah, uh, exactly. But anyway, the actor playing Dar is Mark Singer. 
Yeah. Uh, you know him from Batman the Animated Series, playing Dr. Kirk Langstrom, Man Bat. Mm, all right. <laughs> Other people know him from V and, honestly, all the three Beastmaster movies. Um, I really enjoy the magic noise that plays anytime Dar looks through an animal's eyes, specifically oh, yeah. the eagle. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and he looks, like, completely stoned. Um, he's like staring off for it. Yeah. Um, and then I guess my next note, like he oh, seems, oh, oh yeah. I just want to point out one thing too. Like, so when Dar is doing his training session, uh, yeah. post tragedy of his dad dying and the whole village being destroyed by the Juns. Yeah. Uh, he's, so he's doing the training session. He's swinging his sword a lot. He and loves doing that move. I'd like to ask. I wish I had a film story and could find out who was the first person that decided on film a sword doing a figure eight look cool. Because that's his one move. That's yeah. He's going to do the figure eight a lot. He loves it. Yeah. It's like it's like almost like a, I don't know what he, like an intimidation thing he thinks that it's doing. I don't know. Something. That's just training. That's him training. Yeah. I'm just doing oh, yeah, figure eight a lot in front of the camera. Yeah. It made me think, think of the, Wade's World 2 when he tears up his pants. Yes. The first guy who came up with the figure eight with the sword, man, real man of genius. <laughs> Real man of genius. Exactly. But sad uh, tragedy with the uh, the river little stream that he runs through. That appeared in another movie, uh, Twilight Zone the movie, and that is where uh, tragedy struck where people died. In oh. Their life. Yeah. Okay, then. You're, you're always ready to bring me down. Thank you. I'm always <laughs> um, So, yeah, Dar is a bit of a buffoon, uh, innocent. Kind of. He's kind of gross with the ladies. Yep. And that was that's gonna be what I said. He's chasing after his loincloth, which two ferrets are stolen. Yeah. And um he's like he eventually trains these ferrets or whatever, I guess not trains, but communicates for them to steal the uh Tanya Roberts clothes. Mm, Yeah. And is really forcing himself on her. And it's it's a little eek. It's a, little it's a little icky, yeah. yeah. But he's so he's so dumb about it that you don't yeah. really hate him. You're just like, well, this guy's an idiot. <laughs> oh, for sure. He, yeah, I think you put it right with the buffoon. Like he's yeah, he's, yeah. He's a big old dummy. Because I feel like she basically sees through it. Like this guy's dumb. God, <laughs> hit on me all the time. This is terrible. But I do like. Um, he's a dork. Yeah, I do like some of his humor though. Uh, like, I think he pulls off some of the humor in, in, in some of the moments, like when he's like, he's trying to have the tiger. It was a tiger, right? (laughs) It's written in the script to be like a black leopard. Mm -hmm. Um, but the trainers told the producer director, like, yeah, you don't want to mess with the leopard. Like they're not trainable. They're, they're kind of temperamental. Yeah. Tigers are good. We can do a tiger. We'll paint it black. That's what it looks like. So they painted yeah. the tiger black, and it mostly looks okay, except for, but the paint they'd have to constantly repaint the tiger. So there's a couple of times where they just didn't get it to the tiger in time. Funnily enough, at the the night scenes, where I guess the lights are brightest, mm-hmm. uh, that's where you really can see the stripes on the tiger. Yeah, that's I think what I noticed. Yeah, and then, um, but he like he gets the tiger to like fake attack the girl so he can be all macho in front of her and then the tiger's not like going and he's trying to get the tiger to like go like go, go. like yeah. i was like yeah. that's kind of fun like he actually pulls off the the humor and the facial expressions well in that like no, he's I... definitely not a 
like not a motable person or anything. Like he's got some charisma to him. Yeah, no, no. When I'm saying he's a buffoon is in the yeah. script that he's supposed to be this way. Yeah. Mark Singer's not a bad actor in this anyway. I don't know him for a lot of stuff, but he's <laughs> he's good. He's doing what he's supposed to do. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just that the hero is written is kind of a dork, like I said. Yeah. He's a bit of a doofus. Yeah. Yeah. But otherwise, yeah, he's 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 got some charisma. He's got some um He filled the loincloth well. <laughs> definitely fills the loincloth well for sure. Apparently you were saying last time there was like a sexual awakening for some I guess. You know, and it's yeah, yeah, no, I had a friend who told me that she was that was an important move for this movie and Conan, which came out three months beforehand, was an important movie for her. Hmm. As far as realizing that she was into dudes. Yeah. Um, and it's funny, I was watching, I rewatched some of the I Love the 80s because I remember them talking about this movie. Yeah. And the first guy talks about it, I was like, hmm, Beastmaster. That's when I knew I was into dudes. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, okay, so this was big for lots of people. All right. Uh, yeah. It wasn't for me, but, you know, I guess for, I, did, I was too sure. young when I watched it. Yeah, I guess, because, you know what, I kind of completely forgot Tanya Roberts was in this movie at first. For the best. Like, I don't remember that part of my youth. Like, I remember her, my youth, so much from A View to a Kill, but for yep. some odd reason, I blanked on her being in... Oh, James! Yeah. It's always ugh. Ugh. It's very ugh, yeah. But I don't have a lot of memories of her being in this in this movie, so it was interesting, but... Mm. No, there's a lot of other characters, but I got nothing else to say about him. Just like, he's fine. He's okay. Yeah. Um, I guess my old, I like to, so there was a couple of times too, where he's like, you know, seeing through his animals and he starts doing the finger thing to his forehead. Like he's Professor X, which kind of made me laugh. Right. Um, and then after that, I didn't think, I don't know if it was like the, the stunt choreographers or what, but a lot of the like, fighting ability i didn't think was great some of the stuff i thought was good like when he was asked to do like falling from a rock or something like that falls and stuff like that like jumping around i thought he did that stuff really well but like the actual fighting it was kind of not great he seems like he should be physically capable of doing it yes i know this was it was really confounding to me and i guess that's like my biggest problem with him as a hero is like this sh- you should be pulling this off better, the the fighting, and you're not. And I feel like that should still go towards the hero, so that's why I brought it up. Okay. But other than that, like, yeah, he was, he did his part well. He was kind of fun. Definitely looked the part, you know. So what'd you give him, our hero? Uh, I gave him a two and a half. That's what I gave it to. Okay, yeah. Yeah, we are in simpatico about that. Yeah, definitely two, definitely two and a half. All right. Villain. Villain. I, again, this is kind I'm of a... Torn. It's a bummer. Like, <laughs> I, I really wanted full-on Rip Torn. Like, just, just go for it. I was so excited to revisit this movie to be like, oh, I probably didn't even realize how much fun Rip Torn is in this movie. <laughs> and he's really not. Like, his best moment, for sure, is, like, later on in the movie where he, he's back and he's, like, he's, he's throwing one kid in the fire and it doesn't quite do enough so he's like let's get another kid and his his dialogue in that is pretty good and some of the delivery especially when it's like when, when the eagle or the oh. hawk takes the kid away i have this written down in action so it's not <laughs> i know but but there's a moment for rip toward right after that it's like god's spoken 
<laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, oh, that's a great, like yeah. that was the rip torn I wanted throughout yeah. the whole movie. And that was about it. Now that was the bummer. Well, so we want him to be funny because that's what yeah. he's best at. You know, we're thinking Summer Rental and um, shoot, what was that amazing HBO show? I'm blanking on it all of a sudden. Oh, oh, um, um, uh, Larry Sanders show. Larry Sanders show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You want that rip torn, and... right? Or Men in Black in, in that small sure. role, but but yeah, I agree. You want him in that role, but I mean, you could still be a villain and just play it up like i just i just don't think they gave him a lot to do it's tough to be a you know your usual great goofy self when you're playing the high priest who's really into sacrificing children by throwing them into fire pits really into sacrificing children you know i don't know if this is like in his thing with the second so they already say in the beginning of the movie like the king confronts him it's like you're out of here you're banned from here because you're really yeah. into kid sacrifice you're threatened to let kid sacrifice yeah I don't know if he's doing that because of the prophecy if he's still doing it a lot of it or that's just his thing he likes I think kids. it's his thing to be honest okay because he seems to be still searching for Dar yeah uh, at the whole time well because I think to I guess end the prophecy he's gotta sacrifice that kid too I guess there's a lot of sacrificing because at one point there was a bunch of girls that were supposed to be sacrificed. And then there's other yeah. points in the movie too where they even kind of say it in the, or show it in the beginning where he just has some of his priests kill themselves and the king's like, oh, fanatics. Yeah, that was um, cool. I yeah. really liked that. It was a nice display of strength from him because the king's confronting him. For sure. And he's like, you're out of here. And like, he just dies his own mission. You know, okay, you think you can beat me? Watch what I can do. He like snaps his fingers and his two priests behind him throw these little, I don't know, I don't know what they're called exactly. Yeah. Cables that go on to the uh, beams or whatever, and they hang themselves just to show. Yeah. Like, mm, damn. All right, then. No, yeah, that was that was kind of cool. But, and then, like, he's like, you're going to get put in jail, and then we don't see him till like, way I later again. I think he again. gets banished, and he, that's where he hooks up with the Juns, and the Juns like his shtick, so they put him in charge of that city eventually. They take over that city for him. That's the impression I get. Yeah, you're filling in a dialogue. <laughs> exactly, you're filling in a lot. <laughs> nope, nope. You just kind of have to guess at it. Yeah. And that's what I'm guessing at because they keep on mentioning there's some connection between him and the Juns. Right. Even though they don't seem to be into his, you know, they're not they're not priests, they're not into his religion at all. But Yeah, they don't seem to be fanatics, but they're like hanging out with, because at the Dar's village, he's there for a moment. So it's like he hangs out with them while they sacked a village and then he leaves and... I think he hooks up with them when he's banished, and they, yeah, you know. yeah, you're filling in a lot of holes because we uh, yep. <laughs> we don't actually know that or not. <laughs> anyway, so I was reading some stuff, and apparently Rip Torn is the one who uh, came up with the prosthetic nose. And, oh, really? Uh, yeah, he wanted to play the character like a turkey vulture. He said, "Okay." And the, the director and producer was just like, "All right, <laughs> sure, we're just happy to have you, man." <laughs> Okay. Uh, so other characters, you got uh, Rip Torn's um, three witches. Yeah. Who are all like playboy, playmate bodies, but they have these like mutated, messed up faces. Yeah. And this is how like the movie opens with these people, and you're just like, this thing's gonna be weird. Yeah, and they're okay. like scantily clad <laughs> and like. Oh yeah, yeah. Rubbing up on the cauldron. They are grinding on that cauldron. Yeah. <laughs> So it's very sexualized and like... And then you see the face like, oh! Yeah. And sometimes the masks look really good. And then sometimes when they get too close, they don't look great. Yeah, they look like masks, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it was cool. I mean, it was different at least. Like, it's, I, I, I give it that. Like, it's like, 
It's a very unique looking mm-hmm. witch. Oh yeah. So, and you don't get a lot of that explanation either of like what that relationship really is. I guess. Yeah, I would just... have liked that to be explored more. Yeah. No idea. I do have a question for you. Um, okay. How do you think the witch snuck the cow into the king's bedroom? Very sneaky. Sneak, sneak, that's not a word. Anyway, I don't know. Stealth? Stealth cow? <laughs> stealth cow. We're going stealth cow. Okay. Uh, because like she deep sleepers? Me. I don't know. There's like no guards? After, yeah, after her mission accomplished, she gets the baby out of the room and puts it in the cow. She teleports out of the room. But yeah. she's seen walking the cow in. Yeah. So I'm like, what? No, yeah. It is. Cow's not the quietest creatures I've ever heard of, but... I, I think they're just getting you by the uh, look how cool and interesting this was and don't think about it at all. Yeah, no. no <laughs> you know? Because it's like they pour this like green like liquidish uh, neon stuff that looks like something from Reanimator. Uh, um, it's it's literally just um, the glow fluid from a glow stick that they just poured on them. Yeah. Oh, that stuff is toxic. That's not great. Um, <laughs> so like I guess that paralyzes them. Tis the 80s, son. Right? Uh, yeah, it's the 80s. Do we ever find out, by the way, what happens to Dara's mom? She died. Well, I've kind of figured, but they, they No, no, they during that it? process, she died. Oh! Do, yeah. Did we get clued into that? There is a line of dialogue uh, where Zed is screaming at one and says that that's, that killed my wife. Okay. I, but I wasn't sure if it meant that she died there or she died after the fact. Because I, I was like, wait, so when did... Did he immediately get out of jail or whatever did he immediately take this town over did he take over no this town i think much later? he's banished because they show him walking him out of the city okay so i think he hooks up with the the jun after that okay man yeah because i guess i guess the um the kid he has after the fact yeah yeah that new was wife. through new wife okay okay all right so they, anyway let's talk about the juns for a quick sec yeah. Um, these guys seem to be part of the same gang as Lord Humongous in, uh, <laughs> <laughs> in Roadwire. Um, let's see what else. Right? The the leader has this like giant batwing helmet that is just yeah. hilariously large, the wings on this thing. It, I kind of liked it. <laughs> you did? All right. I kind of like the look of it. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, um, they're all dressed up in like the same S&M gear as... Yeah. The Humongous' gang. They're really into impaling people. Love impaling people. Yeah, the whole, like, village got impaled. We unfortunately don't get to see any impaling because it's a PG movie, but... uh, You still see the after effects, which is still pretty gnarly to see. You You see that many bodies on pikes, and it didn't look bad. Like, it looked pretty legit, and, like, man, that must have took Dar a long time to get all those bodies off those pikes Mm. uh, for his burial, for his his brethren there. Because, oof. Uh, but yeah, I guess that's their kind of go-to. And then um, we don't see them again until kind of the end. Yeah, instead we got the uh, the priests, uh, the underlings for uh, Mayax. Yeah. And I gotta ask, do they have like their tongues cut out or something? Yeah, they don't speak or anything. Yeah, so they just growl. They yeah. like, and, then, <laughs> and then you got those, um, I don't know if they got names. Those Death guards? Is that what they're called the, with the glowy eyes? Yeah. That, they're called death guards? Death Guards. They say Death Guards a couple times. You should have Okay. Them. So, yeah. That's yeah. an interesting one. You, you finally get clued in, I guess, how they're made. And um, they're not really good at controlling them. No, they just become mindless beasts. 
I know, but it's like, what is the point of this? Because it's like, they end up all, a lot of them dying from them too. <laughs> like, you're losing a lot of priests with these yep. death guards. Um, well, you it's know, kind of it's, insane. And the death guards are cool looking in shadow. Because yeah. all you see is the glowing eyes and the arms coming out. And it's like, oh, these must be cool. Like, no, these are more S&M people. Yeah. And the, the one death, and they all just like kind of run flailingly. <laughs> yeah, they just do this with their arms. Yeah. And yeah. It was funny because I was, either mom was kind of like, it looks really bad. They keep doing that. <laughs> I was like, yeah. And she was all, honestly, anyway. Yeah, it was funny. Um, and it's like, they're making noises. It's just doing the flailing like, thing and, and hitting things. And um, at one point, I think some priests have them on a, have like three on a leash. And then that doesn't go well either. And No, it does not. Yeah. Um, so oh. it's, yeah. One thing I'd love to talk about with the witches. So the witches all die off one by one. Yeah. Uh, first one early on by Dara's stepdad. They all um, kind of Obi-Wan Kenobi-ish. Yeah, they disappear after they died. Yeah. Um, but they don't... They're gone. They're definitely dead. Yeah. But they uh, leave a cackle laugh thing before they die too, which is sure do. Yeah. Uh, but some reason, but they, they keep on doing the overhead shot of the cauldron. Yeah. So they can spy on what's going on in the world. Right. And every time they do that overhead shot, there are six hands on the cauldron. Yeah. So they just <laughs> took like the shot from the beginning doesn't, and just kept it doesn't, using yeah, it? Yeah, it doesn't matter how many witches are dead. There's always six hands on the cauldron <laughs> showing what's going on. I'm like, oh, guys, come yeah. on. That was an easy fix. And they probably thought nobody would notice. Save themselves some money. Don't have to keep reshooting. Just the... I guess play musical chairs oh okay we're gonna do this again now you move out <laughs> and a lot of their watching happens with this this ring yeah there's like this ring with this like it has this giant eyeball on it that, that yeah it opens up and and oh man that thing is creepy it's creepy don't it like looks it. cool but it's insane how long it takes them to discover this giant freaking ring with a pretty sizable eyeball on it it's a sneaky eye i i guess it's only like is any is everybody asleep now? Okay, I gotta I gotta look in here now. So that's that's all I got written up for the villains. It's a lot of style, really cool style, but there's yeah. no substance. There's yeah, there's not really much execution um, from a lot of these villains. Like it's like oh, this might be cool. Oh no, it's not. Um, Riptor and awesome uh, doesn't get to do a whole lot. You know, it's like so it's just some cool interesting. Yeah, you're right. Cool interesting ideas. Uh, a lot of good theories and stuff, just not not well done. What'd you give them? Out of the coolness of some of the ideas, I kind of went two. I went at two and a half. Oh, I didn't see. I didn't go for for the half point. Um, I appreciated the variety of interesting style. Yeah, that's why I thought I was giving it nice by giving it an extra point and going to a two. I I, I didn't really see much else to give it more. I guess if anything. Uh, maybe I can be talked into later about a, giving it a half point just because Riptorn, even though Riptorn was kind of ah. bummer, you know, <laughs> like it's just not what I want. I don't know. I think we just, it deserves it. And I'll explain why in a little bit. I honestly, and I'll, I'll, I'll tease it here uh, okay. because of the way Riptorn goes out. Yeah. I, I, I kind of want to applaud this movie. <laughs> okay. I, I guess is, we'll come back. It is very original. Okay, fair enough. I think no other person in movie history has been taken out the way Rip Torn is taken out in this movie. 
Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, all right, so we'll we'll leave we'll it table for, it we'll for table now. it. It's at a it's at a two or two and a half right now. Yeah. So um, action. Yeah. Ooh. A lot of loincloths and a lot of slow. Yep. And, so the first yeah. action scene is Dar's adopted dad versus the witch. Yeah. That's about to sacrifice baby Dar. Mm-hmm. And it's set up creepy. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's all dark. She's getting ready to sacrifice a baby. There's a dead uh, cow corpse on the side. Mm-hmm. Green flames coming up from the fire. But it mostly just sucks. Yeah. Doesn't he just throw his little dagger thing and that's it? Basically? Yeah, eventually. Well, no. Like First he takes out his sword and she's able to like telekinetically lift his sword in the air and make it dance and then throws it down to the ground. He just picks it up. And he's like, oh, yeah. That was, right. lame. That was lame, yeah. <laughs> and then he throws his kappa and gets her in the back and that's the end of that. And yeah. Like, All right. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the stuff in the village um, was kind of cool. I mean... The bear thing was like it had a again an interesting idea that ended up just looking really lame. Um, so the bear, uh, <laughs> yeah, the bear ended up attacking the trainer. <laughs> good. And he had to go to the hospital. Oh no, not good. I don't want to go to the hospital. And that was like Mark Singer's first day on set, and they're like, "All right, well that all happened. Let's move on, Mark. Let's go to your next scene." Mark's like, "What?" <laughs> Uh, i i think i liked everything before the bear popped out (laughs) yeah you know like it was building up to something like oh this is kind of neat and then the bear pops out and it just it just kind of fell apart the bear looks Uh, adorable yeah i I guess i don't know (laughs) um but the pillaging of the village i like dar's dad drawing a line in the sand with his sword yes i made a note of this too yeah <laughs> and they just run his old ass over with the horses like all right it was it was the most underwhelming drawing a line moment ever like here's my line and then oh, done <laughs> yeah I, it cracked me up i was like well nice move yeah. man see ya but uh some of it was cool i liked yeah, you know I, that... I liked the scene where dar uh blocks the arrow with the shield Mm-hmm. Then flips the shield over and uses and the arrow it. as yeah. a stab a guy. I was like, oh, that was nice. That was nice, yeah. And, you know, and I guess even though the stilt houses were stupid, but seeing them pulled down was kind of fun. Um, Supposedly, that was an accident. Oh, really? They had planned to set that up for a different day, and it just happened. And, like, oh, grab a camera. It's going down. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yes, because it's stupid. It's going to do that because it's very dumb. It's very dumb, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then, of course, um, you get the nice, fun moment of the dog Ta-da. rescuing him. Although, fatally rescuing. Fatally rescues. I'm going to pretty much get into all of his animal friends in the sidekicks. Sidekicks, fair enough. I, yeah, okay. I wasn't sure he would count it as a full sidekick because he has a very small part. But Gave his life, Tim. That's true. True. Dog Dog's was awesome. a hero. Dog, yeah. I agree. Agreed. Better than that lame ass eagle. Yeah. Well, the eagle's kind of huge, I guess, plot wise. Whatever. Yeah. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Um, uh, yeah. So the, there's a the next fight scene is when he's saving the tiger, and boy, yeah. it sucks. Yep. <laughs> it's hot garbage. Slow. Yep. It it, it looks like. About as good as you'd see on an episode of Star Trek. 
Yeah, the I think that's about accurate. You could, you could almost hear them swinging their swords going, dun, 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 yeah. dun, dun, dun. It's bad. Um, yeah, exactly. Did, is that before or after the ferrets? That's after the ferrets. Because the ferrets exactly. help in the fight by stealing one of the arrows oh, from okay. the, uh, the crossbow guys. Yeah, which I guess there's, there's, that, there's like a part of the fight where during it he's like, kind of slides or falls down like a side uh, rock face yeah a guy looks... pops up behind him and he's yeah. like oh and, and, yeah that and looked can... legit that looked good it did it did yeah. i'm like ooh, that hurt it, that did exactly. not feel good that was my note too that looked like it hurt <laughs> yep there's um, nothing soft about that that not at rocks. all that's not like I, that's not what i'll give like there were some nice falls and stuff like that in this movie that i actually thought they did a good job with but sadly the rest of it is just like <sighs> Slow. Yeah, all the fighting uh, is not good. All the fighting is lame. No yeah. one pulls it off, and not a single character. Nope. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, be, I, get, I think the coolest move is the shield thing with the arrow. I think that's it about it. And and everything else, you know. Yeah, you can do the figure eight with the sword, and uh, but then when it actually comes to actually having combat. It's just real slow from from his stepbrother or not stepbrother half brother and to uh, well here's the yeah. time I would love to talk about it the um, the eagle picking up the dummy oh yeah it's supposed to be the little girl the That's dummy a... they strapped to that eagle has to be I don't know about the size of a GI Joe <laughs> <laughs> yeah because this girl is huge giant giant. This... This eagle is supposed to be picking up. It's, it's a normal eagle. sized it's eagle. Not a big it's not eagle. A, yeah, it's not a giant eagle or something. It's not yeah. fantasy. It's a normal eagle. And I think they animated the uh, the the kid into the eagle's uh, yes, paws, yeah, paws, claws later on. And it's supposed to be it's this like looking... far away shot. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, nobody's yeah. gonna notice. Yes, we did. And <laughs> then later on, you got the rescue of Kiri at the the raft, which <laughs> yeah. Is this when they're trying to save her from being sacrificed? Yeah. Yeah. Which is like, uh, they, they, I don't really understand it. Why are they being dragged so far away? What's the significance of her and these other girls being sacrificed? And then did you notice, because this is funny, because um, mom pointed this out, because like the, the action scene is over and they're about to sail away. And, she, and mom goes, where did the other girls go that were supposed to be sacrificed? <laughs> it's a good point, mom. I have no idea. Yeah, she they disappeared during the action sequence. I guess they ran. That's not the number know. one thing that bothered me. Okay, because first off, you got the the the, <laughs> the priests somehow come up with bows and arrows and start uh, shooting at them as they're trying to get away on this raft. Which yeah. all they do is hit the posts on this raft. Mm-hmm. So they keep on hitting these posts like they're aiming for them. <laughs> they're not good, not good shots. Yeah, but they decide to uh, cut the rope. It's a pull raft, right? So they're just pulling from one side of the lake to the other or whatever. Right. So they cut the rope, and somehow an oar appears on this raft. Yeah. <laughs> and they steer their ways to safety. Like, where did the oar come from? In case of emergencies? It was a pull raft. I don't know. In case someone somehow gets the rope? I don't know. All right. But it's nonsense. Uh, but uh, again, none of it's good. The only thing I liked about that sequence is actually when they're all like kind of the priests are all kind of tied up and tiny Roberts just knocks them in to drown yeah, we, them. We got to get away faster. It's like, we need to get rid of weight. And she's like, Pfft. yeah, I was like, yeah, Tanya Roberts. That was pretty cool. I mean, it's not much of an action. It's just hitting them in. It was just kind of badass. She's got those Charlie angels hot kicks. She's still yeah. got it. Yeah. Uh, I liked the, uh, the, 
<laughs> when they enter Dar's, not, I'm sorry, uh, Mayax's temple, mm-hmm. and um, Dar is sneaking around, and you can see there's a priest waiting for him to ambush him. Oh, yeah. Somehow a ti- the tiger ambushes the ambusher. Yeah. I always appreciate that. Doesn't sure. it's, it's a cool stunt with like the tiger jumping on him and everything like that. And um, but man, how did they the priest not know the tiger was there? It's, the thing does not know. quiet ever. No, I don't. I mean, there's a lot of things in that temple sequence that don't quite make sense. I, like I the don't prison know. has no locked doors. If he's gonna see everything and their minds are one and all that kind of stuff, why wasn't he alerted much sooner that there's a dude hiding there? Great point. So like I mean what I didn't think about that. Well, yeah. I think he's always in there. He just he's gotta want it. I guess he's gotta yeah. do the you know the the fingers to the face. I don't know or meditate. And then like he also just like when he he they gotta get over the hallway with all the whatever you call the glow eye people again. The death guards. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so they gotta get over. And they're like, all right, it's our turn. And he's like, no wait. And he just knows this lever just closes. <laughs> <laughs> the well, what else would that leather would do, Tim? Come on, that was common I, sense. I guess, sure. I hope this works. We oh, should give Dar an extra point. That was good common sense. <laughs> um, at least, so he sends Koto and Poto out to go and steal the keys mm-hmm. to this prison that has no locked doors, we find out. Yeah. <laughs> Which leads to Koto and Poto, the ferrets, being chased by the Death Guard throughout the entire prison. Yeah. <laughs> and it's awesome. And, and it's it's we you're just watching like well why did we even have this oh it's because we wanted to have the, this death guard take out all these priests that were outside and it felt like they didn't think this one all the way through mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, waving his arms up and down he's just knocking people over we hear them screaming we don't actually see him kill anybody no yeah you just yeah they just kind of cut away I like there's one time where it's like he they like he's running to the door and then it cuts away and then it cuts to the door falling down from the other side. It's like, oh boy. Oh, and the thing that really drove me nuts in this prison. Um, so <laughs> when he realizes uh, he needs to wait, Beastmaster needs to wait around for his ferrets, his little ones, Kodo and Poto. Mm-hmm. Uh, he sends the rest of them down into the uh, escape room or whatever in the right. basement. Follow it. It's like, oh, that's the way out. Go that way. And then I'll cover your tracks. And he slices closes it. He closes it. Make sure no one can get through. Yeah, how did Tanya Turns Roberts around get back? for like two seconds and Tanya Roberts is back. How we did saw that her go down. Yeah. We saw the thing happen. I want to know that too. She just appears behind the boulder that landed on the thing that she could not move. And she's like, I was Very here the whole time. Like, no, you weren't. I saw you go down. <laughs> the camera didn't move. Yeah, it was nonsense. Like I, I, I got all the way back in. I don't know. There was this and then it gets door. worse from there, <laughs> because yeah. she suddenly has a rope. Yeah. Um, and they like, oh, let's go up through the air shaft, which is what completely is she tied smooth. To? Yes, yes. I wrote that down. What is she tying it to? <laughs> it's just... completely smooth surface. Yeah. There's no way There's to put the rope on. Nothing there. It's just a circular smooth. It's hole. a shaft. It's a smooth yeah. shaft. And and she just she throws the rope down. And yeah, that was another one that. I, I, Mom and I were both basically saying at the exact same time. <laughs> uh, and then, so, that hasn't, that, that was it. The Death Guard is like, you know, going at the uh, the rope. And yeah, which he can't cut, apparently. He's breaking, the, the Death Guard's like breaking through everything and smashing everything, but somehow, 
shallows rope. in the rope. It, it can't cut. It's not cutting the rope. Was it the eagle that saves him? I and think then they so. They end up falling anyway, and they go. They land in a cart. Conveniently, yep. Yeah, yeah. Because this is all part of the plan. Of course. <laughs> and then they get chased by more death guards, and they get out in time because Koto and Poto uh, were able to bite somebody in the nuts and yeah, get the guard to accidentally open the gate for them. Which means the keys are completely useless. Which they point out yeah. to their credit. They like he yeah. laughs at the Koto and Poto when he finally comes reunited with them earlier on. He's like, "Well, thanks for finally showing up." Yeah, because <laughs> they have to still have the keys on. I was like, well, "I didn't need these." Anyway, <laughs> so the Death Guards are chasing after them as they exit the city. Uh, Dar slashes the gate again <laughs> to make sure it closes, and the Death Guards <laughs> slam face first into the gate as it's closing and somehow get underneath them. The perfectly as it's going down yeah perfectly perfectly like physics says that can't happen you hit something head on you're gonna bounce it's back, got not these like spike ends forward. it's got these spike yeah. ends to the gate that's supposed it. to go into a hole yeah and so they perfectly align with those spikes yeah yeah so it's not that they just get crushed by the gate no they, they perfectly too. hit those spots of yeah. the gate to be crushed so dumb <laughs> And then later on, we get, you know, the rev up. It, it escaped with King Zed, who has had his eyes cut out, by the way, which, yeah, really, that was cool. Yeah, they look good. Um, and, like, Zed's like, you know, screw you. We're going to all gather together and uh, attack and take it over again. My city's mine. And then he calls Beastmaster a mutant freak for disagreeing with his plans. Yeah. It's like, hmm, some gratitude, buddy. Yeah, and then he so, walks off like he's the uh, the Indian from the trash commercial back in the day. You know? Yeah, he's, he's he's walking away like Charlie Brown, all sad, <laughs> with the like one tear. Yeah, and he goes to sleep, and he wakes up the next day. He's like, "Oh, the battle happened." Oh yeah, <laughs> and you missed it. And I was like, "What?" They just get they were just captured. Yeah, like, like, all oh, we do we see them like arriving to be executed, and it's like, "Well, okay, <laughs> we just well, missed the like, whole we, part." They, well, what's killer too is that they, uh, if the eye opens up and they like they hear the whole plan and they realize that's when the eye is like, oh shit, the eye, and that's when they stab the eye, which looks cool and yeah, blind the last witch, yeah, and uh, we haven't talked about him yet, but John Amos playing Seth tells the king, like, well, we can't attack now. They know our plan. He's like, no, we're gonna do it anyway. Yep. <laughs> All right. And anyway, so yeah, that it leads to a big fight fine. at the temple. It would have been fine not to see them get captured and all that if they actually played it for good humor or something. Yeah, like guess. the sword and the sorcerer. Yes. Hey! hey right? Look at that. Exactly. Yeah. Bring it back to sword and the sorcerer. If they did it like that. They did the hard cut to them in jail. Exactly. Right. Then then it's fine. But that's not what they did. No. It's just, and it's just like, They have what? Sako, the guy with the cart, come over and tell him, like, here's what happened. Yeah. It's like, oh, you missed this. Let me catch you up to speed. Previously. And Dar's like, I can't let anything bad happen to Kiri. Kind of cares about everyone else, but Kiri's the one. Yeah. So he does just the hard charge up the temple and just takes out all the guards. Yep. <laughs> and in, it, in not a fun way. It, yeah. Well, what's, the only thing that's good about this scene, as he's charging up this very high temple with uh, very high steps, uh, is that you, they have a bunch of people have to fall down these high steps. Yeah. And that's real steps. And it... <laughs> yeah, you see very throughout, throughout the whole movie, every character is struggling to get up these steps. 
Yeah. There's, there's not a single character that gets up it easily. Yeah, this was apparently, <laughs> like, they couldn't find any stuntmen who were willing to do it. <laughs> so there's one guy who was trying to break into the business, like, I'll give it a shot. Oh, <laughs> poor guy. And I think it was just him over and over again in every shot of him falling down the steps. <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> Ow. <laughs> but yeah, all the sword fighting in this is just slow and pitiful again. Yeah. <sighs> It's it's very meh. It's very slow. Um, it's it's not it's not entertaining. So what is entertaining in the temple attack is uh, poor Kodo the ferret sacrificing himself to save Dar. Yeah. From Rip Torn, who is like twenty feet from him. Really, mm-hmm. he wasn't in big danger, <laughs> but he jumps up onto uh, Mayax and starts biting at his like I don't know his back his neck and stuff something the ferret and, makes quite a leap to get yeah, to him and he, he really does you know draws some blood it's like about the only blood we see in this movie yeah and uh, this causes rip torn to fall into the fire pit with poor kodo uh mm-hmm. so rip torn death by ferret yep i think the only man who's ever happened to in a movie <laughs> well the ferret helped i guess him die by fire it's like oh my god that's that. so sad that Kodo died. Oh my God! Rip Torn got taken out by a ferret. It's <laughs> yeah. rough, dude. Well, I mean, and that's like the second time, right? Because doesn't he get like shot earlier or slightly earlier in the battle? So you think he's done, and then like, oh, surprise, he's alive, and that's when the ferret thing happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, one so. last scare. Yeah, exactly. Thing. Yeah, yeah. But the movie's not done. Nope. Nope. We have a whole other battle sequence to go through because Mayax's boys, the Juns, are just like they're not happy that the guy got taken out. Yeah, so they're they're gonna come to to the to the city here, and uh, they they actually have a plan this time. It sounds like, um, instead of what the king did earlier, who I guess died, right? Didn't the king his dad no, die? No, uh, he dies um, up on the temple attack. Yeah, that's what I thought. And yeah. he sort of he, that's when he's right before he dies, he figures out who uh, the Dar beastmaster is. is. Son, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, so there was some cool stuff in the end battle. Yeah, the, um, the mode of tar explosion yeah. was really cool looking. That was a really cool explosion. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I feel like, so again, it's like the stunts are good, but when it actually comes to combat and fighting, it's, it's terrible. still not great. It's yeah. still terrible. And that's, that's the problem. Like, it's, it's like... I gotta give it some credit for at least the stunts and st- things that it tries to do, but I like that the, this, this section of the movie pretends that the Jun leader is able to do like a fifteen foot, twenty foot jump on his horse over a flaming tar moat, yeah, from one side of the bridge to the other, and then the actual fight with Dar is <laughs> he he fights like a Super Mario villain at the end of a castle. <laughs> He's just waving around this giant stick, and he constantly yeah. misses uh, Dar. Yes. So, like, he gets it stuck in a uh, Well, a there's bridge. two different weapons, right? He's got a sword, and he's got this, like, axe-weird-looking yeah, that, thing. Yeah, that's his main Yeah, and it machine. gets stuck twice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and it's so insane. He, he gets it stuck in the bridge, in the bridge post or whatever, gets it unstuck. Yeah. Gets it stuck again, and then Dar flips him, and he falls onto it. And get, he gets stuck on his own weapon. Yeah. And it's like sticking out of his back then. 
It kind of made me think of uh, Mario 64 when you play like Koopa and you every time you get his tail, you go, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like I said, like a Super Mario villain. Yeah. And then Dar does an amazing Rocketeer high kick. <laughs> oh, yeah. High kick, sorry. And, and kicks him. It was, he got really high in that. And yeah. kicks him into the tar moat that's flaming on fire. End of Jun Leader. Uh, yeah, and then that's basically end of action. Yep. The rest of the Juns get taken out by the Eagle people, who we will talk about a little later. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, so I went to. I also went to. Dar's sword remains bloodless throughout the entire movie. Because this is supposed to be a you know a PG movie made for 10-year-old boys. Although and there's full-on nudity and such in the movie. That was acceptable back then. You could show a pair of tits and it was okay. Yeah, I guess so. so. As long as there was nothing sexual else going on, which there wasn't. She was just bathing in a stream. Uh, so, yeah, I, I gave it a two. But, uh, you know, like I said, like it's harsh uh, because that's how we grade things here. But <laughs> I think it's fair. When we were 10, we liked this movie. It worked for us. It hit the aud- target audience. Well, to be honest, like, the so the movie uh, ended and, you know, mom was... You know, who was a full-grown adult liking this movie. No. Was like, I remember the action being better. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah. I, to be honest, I, I did too. <laughs> but it, it was pretty lame. So yeah, I yeah. also gave it a two. Yeah, alright. So we both go on two there. Yeah. Alright. So, mentor sidekick. Uh, so a lot of yeah. sidekicks in this. Yeah. A lot. So Dar starts off with uh, Toto the dog. Right. Then he's got an eagle named uh, Sharak, who I have not heard named in this movie. I had to look that one up. Yeah. Wait, who was named Sharak? What? The eagle. Oh. Okay. I didn't realize that. Okay. Yeah. I had to look that one up. His I, his stepdad is kind of mentor. Doesn't last that long, but. Well, hold on. I got to go through all the animals first. Well, okay. I didn't know you were starting with the animals. I thought you were going in like chronological order. So that's why I was like, well, the stepdad kind of counts as a mentor, but okay. Okay. Anyway, right. then the two ferrets named Kodo and Poto. <laughs> yes. Who are his little thieves. And uh, finally, a tiger painted black named Ru. What? Ru? Really? R U H. I don't. How did he say it? I don't remember. Ruh. The only the only one he like. <laughs> talks in the animal's language with this the eagle yeah he always screeches for the eagle but everyone else you can telepathically or just talks to like a normal person or just talks to yeah i don't know why the eagle had to have his own language i don't know either maybe the other animals are like fine i'll speak to you in english and the the eagle's like no you will address me in my tongue there you go stuck Uh, up eagle so really appreciated uh toto who sacrificed himself to save uh, dar they had to get a hot dog and rub it on Mark Singer's face to get the dog to lick him. <laughs> okay. Uh, I saw I enjoyed that. Uh, Koto and Poto are a bunch of punk thieves and are mostly useless. Good for stealing clothes and biting people in the nuts. <laughs> or or killing the main bad guy. Come on, right? Yep. I yeah, guess. All right. That's uh, true. Chair yeah. to Koto. Sorry. Sorry. Respect to Koto. Mom was really excited that she remembered their names. That is impressive. Good for her. Yeah. I yeah. could not have. She was like, li- we were like trying to watch the movie. She's like listing off names. I'm like, okay, <laughs> mom. And then she finally says the right name before he gives the names. And it's like, she was very proud of herself. 
So then you got yeah Dar's stepdad, who is you said sort of a mentor character to him. Uh, Taught him how to fight. He does this Pa Kent thing, like I said. Yeah. Uh, then you got Tanya Roberts. I don't know what she does. She, she's pretty. She she's at not, one point in the temple is off doing something, and I have no idea what the heck she's she doing. She disappears for like 15 seconds, goes into a secret passage like, oh, what is she up to? Does she I know. They really life? make it seem like she's up to something. Like, yeah. oh, she's a secret villain no, no, or something. No, no. She just comes back with a, dr- a new dress that's just as short as the last one, but it has sleeves now and yeah. a knife belt because she has these little knives that you can throw. Does she end up throwing knives? Gosh, yeah, a few I times. I remember that. A few okay. times, yeah. Missed that part. All right. Yeah. The uh, director, uh, Coscarelli, originally wanted to mean more for the part. Oh, that would have been interesting. And okay. he got overruled. Um, man, that was so weird and annoying. Was like, where is she going? What is like? I thought really something was happening there, and nope. I just thought it was really funny because, like, minutes later, before they go in uh, to the temple, the the tiny dress that they have her in, yeah, rides up a bit, and you see her ass. She's yep. I'm like, <laughs> so I'm like, okay, she comes in with a a new dress. Makes sense. Should be more battle. Nope. Same same length. <laughs> yep, and basically, right. yeah. I didn't even realize that she had a new outfit on. That's how similar it looked. The sleeves, yeah, the sleeves and the belt. And I, I, so I guess her big, like, real thing that she does is um, kill the priests that were already kind of, you know, tied up um, and drowns them. And I guess helps Dar get out of that room with her magic teleportation powers. Sure does. <laughs> and the rope, the magic rope, and the magic rope. Yeah. Uh, then you got the eagle people. Yes. This is the number one thing I remembered from this movie. Yes. Because it scared the shit out of me as a young child. Yeah, it was funny because it right as soon as we were getting to that part, Mom was like, do you remember this part? <laughs> like, she was so excited for it to happen. She probably remembers me covering my face. It's like, what is going on? Yeah. Because it is, like, messed up and dark. Yeah. Like and the, there's never an explanation. Despite them being called the Eagle People... Yeah, they're I, bats. I suppose they can fly. Yeah, they, they they seem to be all like made out of like leather or whatever, yeah. and yeah. they seem to be kind of wet, which is the key to good horror creature. Mm-hmm. You don't want to touch it. Yeah, and they're really big into wrapping people into their wings and vomiting acid onto them. Yeah, and then they're so just, they just like bones. And you, you see them like reaching out and pressing on the the wings and it's just like ah, yeah it's like latex gross, 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 look, gross. leather yeah, looking yeah, yeah. things yeah and it, it, it looks real nasty and um it looks pretty good like, yeah it, it looks, does still looks still works it still looks pretty good and, and it's really creepy and i think dar there is really like what did i just walk into i appreciate the whole time he is as freaked out as everyone else would be yeah. And he just survives only because they see his eagle friend. They're like, okay, he's one of us. He's one of us, guy. He's one of us. Don't yeah, know. the eagle flies to him. So yeah. they're like, oh, okay. There's like an eagle statue next to him. Like, oh, okay, all right. And well, then they gonna... randomly give him this a little medallion. Eagle medal. Yeah. Like, yeah. Which somehow he just knows to use to like call them when he Yes. Has. Somehow he's like, all right, these people are coming. The jar are coming. So here's this medal. I, I guess it's going to get me something. I don't, it was really weird. But they show up. They show up at the end and kill the rest of the Juns for him as they surround them. And they do their vomit acid thing again. It's like, ah! Yeah, again, it looks pretty cool. And it's yeah. like, all right. It's kind of, and I like, too, when um, when they're doing that, they're all like, yeah, let's let's go. 
We don't need to see the rest of this. Back away, back away, back away. (laughs) I don't really know what's happening. This is really messed up, but I got what I wanted, but let's uncomfortably leave now. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) All right, then you got Sacco. Is that the the other doofus town guy? Yeah, he seems to be some kind of merchant, but the way he describes it, you saved my kid, thank you, but I'm a coward, I don't know. No, 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 that, he's, he's the father, like you said, father of the kid that yeah. Eagle saves, but, um, from Mayax. But he describes the city is now like a breeding center for the sacrifices for Mayax, uh-huh. and they're not allowed to leave, but he's able to come and go as he pleases all the time. But he comes because, and picks them up and such, so clearly is now. Yeah, like, oh, you can't go, we're not allowed to leave, because of this. and like, then the beast's like, oh, I'll be fine, and he's out, and like, okay, he's just out. And yeah. then when they need to sneak back in the city, Sacco was there with his... In the nick of time. <laughs> yeah. He's like, and he's got some rough line deliveries at times. Beastmaster! <laughs> yeah. The battle is over! Yeah. yeah. It's rough. Uh, my favorite, though, you got John Amos as Seth. Yeah. Former guard to King Zed and now a bodyguard to Zed's son, Tall. Yeah, he's also really Dark's bad over. at fighting. I mean... Okay, hold on. No, I mean, just in the movie, it looks terrible. First it's, off, I, respect to John Amos wearing this, John, this leather ridiculous outfit. outfit. Supposedly, on the first day that they were in costume together, Mark Singer and John Amos took one look at each other and just started laughing. <laughs> That's an appropriate response. And John Amos, in the I Love the 80s bit, uh, talked about like that outfit. He's like, I got invited to a lot of weird parties because of that outfit. <laughs> I'll admit, the dude looked all right in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It covers his belly well. Yeah. And so his giant arms are just on display throughout the whole thing. And he, he swings like a big stick. Yeah. And it's slow. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like everything else. It's like, oh, man, uh, good thing they evaded that staff. It was really coming at them. <laughs> um, Even the kid, the, the, the half-brother, gets in the loincloth action towards Yeah, the I wrote that down, too. I was like, oh, that poor kid. <laughs> They really had to put him in a loincloth too. He's like twelve. Party. That's, that's... In order to fight, you have to be in as little of clothing as possible. I feel like this is like the whole gist of like every fantasy game you get forever is like the uh, everybody's got to be like littlest clothed as possible. Yeah, and you got to slowly build up your armor and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, oh yeah, at the end you find out Poto had babies, so I guess Poto was a lady. Yeah. And so he's I guess so. more ferrets. And that's it. What did you give? Did they look, by the way, at sometimes those faraway shots when they're trying to show the ferrets are in his bag? They're clearly not live ferrets. Oh, yeah. They're puppets. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but but to me, when they're, they're kind of just dangling, though, in some of those shots, I'm like, <laughs> right now, it looks like he's got 10 ferrets in his bag and it's messed up looking. I'll be honest. I couldn't stop staring at Mark Singer's pecs. I missed most of that. Fair enough. Fair enough. So what'd you give sidekicks? Uh I might have been mean on this one. I went two. I uh, give it two and a half as well. I I, I went two. I didn't I just went I know, but I'm two. saying like oh, oh yeah. Just like I did for villain and I, I gave it a two and a half. Like, I feel like I could go two and a half on one of these, but not both. Mm. Not that it really matters. I guess that's <laughs> fine. I can live with that. I was. I think if anything, it should go to the sidekick just because the bat eagle guys were cool. Yeah, they are. 
And animals. I see. I don't love this movie as an adult, obviously, but yeah. I love its ambition, and yeah. it worked for me as a ten-year-old boy, and that was the target audience. Yeah. So I wanted to give it like a final score of nine and a half, uh, which is what it would be if I got my both my two and a halves. Yeah, I have it at eight and a half. But I guess at nine, it's fine, and then it's still above a bunch of stuff. Yeah, I think. I mean, it, it's still making me go higher. All right. Um, so yeah, I'll have it has it as a nine now. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. Movie was shot in Southern California, just a little outside of Vegas. Um, I really love the miniature city uh, that they created for Arak in the temple. It's a mini miniature, obviously. Yeah, I've seen better miniatures. I, but I'm always yeah. a big fan of miniatures. Fair enough. So um, this movie got really cheap with them on the uh, animals. They didn't. They didn't hire the best animal actors because they only oh, had yeah. so much money. So <laughs> this is what Don Coscarelli says. Every time a new animal would arrive in the set, we'd find out they couldn't do anything. Basically, <laughs> uh, the most egregious of them was the eagle that wouldn't fly. Oh gosh! <laughs> they had to send the eagle up in a, cl- a closed basket attached to a helium balloon, open the lid the lid via radio control since it once it hit three hundred feet, and then film the bird flying back to earth. Wow. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> the golden eagle they use is borrowed from a wild animal park owned by the San Diego Zoo. Wow. I guess they should have got the uh, trainers from the Road Warrior who just took a stray dog and. I guess. Taught it to do pretty awesome stuff. Although I guess dogs are easier to train than, than you know, eagles. But. Mm. So uh, poor Don Coscarelli sold all the rights to the movie and had zero involvement in the sequels or the TV show. Was uh, there a TV show? There was a TV Ooh. show. The second Ooh. movie did get a theatrical release with Singer reprising the role and no one else. Yeah. And in that movie, Dar fights a new unknown half-brother and a witch played by Superman's 2, Sarah Douglas. Huh. Houston. And they all travel to modern-day Los Angeles and he has to stop them from getting a neutron bomb. Sure. <laughs> I, I just remember seeing like the ending of that movie really quick and him running around in like a city street and I'm like what is happening so I don't think I ever saw that movie in its entirety just kind of bits and pieces when mom was watching I, I remember him complaining about the smog in Los Angeles and that's about it <sighs> like he's in a uh, convertible and she's like oh don't breathe in too deep there's a smog and he's like mm, yeah that's not good so like, why are you in a convertible <laughs> Anyway, the third movie uh, was direct-to-video, and Singer is back again, uh, and Tall is, let's see, Tall, Tall is a grown-up, and uh, he's played by Casper Van Dien, <laughs> and Tony Todd is playing Seth. Okay. And they all gather up to fight an evil wizard played by David Warner. And lastly, had a TV show that ran for three seasons and 66 episodes and went from 1999 to 2002. Wow. Okay. That's longer than I would have thought. Yeah, so... Did Casper Van Dien say he's got to kill them all? I don't think so. I think this is prior to that oh, genius that's sad. So the original <laughs> Beastmaster had a budget of $8 million, just a little okay. shy of $25 million today. And a worldwide gross of fourteen plus million dollars, over forty three and a half million today. Okay. So, Don probably lost out on quite a bit of money by letting go of all those sequel rights. Yeah, although none of it good. So. 
Well, it's still the money. Scully's nice to have your name on it. Would, I guess it would be an interesting attempt at a remake. Because, again, it does have some pretty neat ideas in it. Sure. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, definitely uh, was a big part of the youth. But, um, yeah, definitely doesn't live up to it. So nope. uh, it will not be cracking the top five or top three here. No. Yeah. So what's next week, Tim? All right. So next week, I feel like you're probably going to be shocked with this one. But since I technically have not picked a rental one, I'm going to go with Forced Vengeance. Forced Vengeance? Is that Chuck again? That's Chuck again. Chuck's back. Chuck is back. All right. Figured we haven't done martial arts in a little bit, so uh, changing it up a little bit, and we're going to get our last Chuck out of the way. Uh, force vent- a, cas- a casino security guard is forced into violence from when the Hong Kong mob threaten his friends. Cool. All right. Buddies and mob again? Like, all right. Ooh, and he's wearing the- a big cowboy hat, I see. The poster is pretty intense. He's got a very, like, mean-looking snarl face as he's doing, like, a... Like a elbow drop on something yeah or, yeah but exciting stuff yeah i don't know could be fun hopefully Chuck. why not i'm curious to see if it's better than um silent rage <laughs> uh but you know number six on the list so it's not terrible but all right yeah man forest vengeance that is it for us. Please show your support for the podcast by leaving a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, or wherever you happen to listen to the show. Also, sharing is caring. Be sure to follow us on social media to get the latest show updates. You can contact us by emailing at filmbrochamp at gmail.com or find us by searching for the hashtag filmbrochamp. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Film Bros Championship Podcast. Peace out, everyone. Peace, peace, peace.